You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. What about you? I am doing stupendous, and I'm looking forward to this one because we are going to do some AEW talk. Stupendous. Yes, stupendous. Oh, okay. Yes, don't don't get over weirding about my wording. <laughs> I definitely will. Okay. Well, let's talk some Rampage, shall let's we? Let's do it. We are talking, of course, about Black Friday Rampage. Because, you know, the the day after Thanksgiving, everybody goes nuts on shopping. So, let's get to it. Let's go. The infamous Bobby Fish and Adam Cole, hashtag baby, took on Wheeler Yuta and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy to kick off the show. Yuta and Fish grappled to the mat and once back on their feet, Fish would back up Yuta with his ever-dangerous striking game. Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole would tag in for their respective teams. Orange tried to put his hands in his pocket, but Cole stopped him. Orange then flipped Cole, but Cole would jump back up with a standing switch, and then a full Nelson on Orange. Uh, freshly squeezed, did a leapfrog onto Cole, and then would tag Wheeler, who hit a leaping back elbow on Cole. Cole would yank Wheeler off the turnbuckle, sending Yuta crashing to the mat. Bobby Fish tagged in, put the pressure on Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Bobby Fish then slugged away at Yuta in the corner and then tagged in Cole. Adam Cole hit a neck breaker on Wheeler Yuta, and then Fish would tag in and stomp on Yuta's jaw. Um, Fish then suplexed Yuta for a near fall. Wheeler then clipped Bobby uh, Fish from behind with a head to with a kick to the head. Uh, Yuta then tried for a tag, but Cole pulled Orange Cassidy out of the ring by the ankles, uh, outreaching of out of the reach of Yuta's tag. Wheeler then would rally back, though, with a missile drop kick to Fish, and then Cole and, uh, two Fish and Cole, and then made the hot tag to Orange. Orange placed his hands in his pocket and connected with a double drop kick, followed by a double hurricanrana to Fish and Cole. 
And then let's see here, Orange and Planted Fish with a swinging DDT. Uh, Yuta dropped a beautiful splash off the top turnbuckle onto Cole for a near fall. Then Orange surprised Cole with a stun, uh, stun dog millionaire. Bobby Fish then pull, uh, bull rushed Orange Cassidy into the corner. Cole would smash Orange with a flying knee strike. Orange tried to launch for the Orange Punch, but Fish countered with the Exploder Suplex into the corner. Uh, Wheeler Yuta jumped into the ring and spiked Fish with a Northern Lights Bomb for a near fall. Adam Cole swept out Orange Cassidy and sent him into the steel steps. Bobby Fish finished off Wheeler Yuta with an Avalanche Falcon Arrow to score the victory for him and Cole Cooper. Dude, this is so crazy seeing Adam Cole and Bobby Fish back together. Right? Um, it, it, it's nice to finally see them get recognition other than being on NXT. Because um, mm-hmm. I think they're very good talent. Yeah. You know, I you know I really don't care for the whole quick factor, but right. You know, as far as their talent goes, they deserved a lot better than to be on the NXT brand. Yeah, just like I'm kind of glad that you know. Well, I guess I'll bring him up, but Finn Balor's back on the uh, main roster where he belongs. Right, absolutely. I never understood why, especially since Cole seemed to have a really good following of fans. Yeah. So I never understood why he was never brought up. It seemed like. That just seemed kind of out of place and odd. I don't know. It just was very difficult to, for me to comprehend how you could keep such um, a talent on the lower roster. Because at the time, it was technically the third roster. And to a lot of people, the third roster, for sure. Uh, definitely not a main roster in SmackDown or Raw. But now we're I getting to even, see him. Yeah, I don't even care that they tried. They tried the third brand thing because mm-hmm. it's kind of like you and I both said about the whole branding thing. We th- we thought it was going to be stupid that it wasn't going to work out, right? And it was only going to push NXT down. And what happened? What we predicted. It was stupid. Uh, pushed NXT down badly, and also really kind of put a damper on a lot of development uh, for a lot of superstars. Yeah. So, especially, I don't care what you say, putting Charlotte back down for a little bit to be NXT champion. Yeah. Um, to take on Rhea Ripley was stupid. Putting um, Finn Balor back down to be NXT champion again. It was just dumb. Now, granted, I get it, because, like... They were, try- they were trying to get a fan base. Yeah, but it's just... It's the, like... The problem uh, is, it's never worked. You tried it with ECW. Yeah. It doesn't work. You can't have a third... Brand, it doesn't work for you. It's never going to work for you. You're a two-brand show with a developmental brand, which is perfect. That's that's the, that was their bread and butter for how many years when they finally introduced NXT, going, this is our developmental brand. We're going to develop talent this way. They get a chance to get in front of live audiences and this, that, and the other. And then if they're good enough, we'll talk about them moving up. You know, Basically, if you were champion... And had a good run. If your championship ended, well, basically it's because you're about to move up anyway. So yeah. you drop the title. So whenever we saw someone, but when Cole dropped the title, we're like, oh well, then he's coming up. But he and, never came and up. And he stuck around there, and I'm like, yeah. And the whole undisputed era thing. Now it's all moving over to to uh, AEW, which is is quite interesting to see. Yep. And you're getting to see these guys that. They didn't get their shot that they well deserved because if you look at it, Bobby Fish has been wrestling for over 12 years. All right. Okay. And so is Adam Cole. 
Right. I mean, they Adam Cole. They they even talked about it. Even Daniel Bryan. They all came up together. Right. And and to see some of those talents not get that push, it's like, the hell is going on here? It's just. I mean, I understand. Some people said that Adam Cole was was hard to deal with in the locker room or whatever, but isn't that what they all say when they let somebody go? Yeah. So they always kind of talk a little bad about them. But it's kind of good to see them get there, get get a push here, and be able to to to, to show showcase their talent. Yeah. So it's good. I like it. Right. I don't. I'm, I don't particularly like them as. Their characters as their wrestlers, but to be able to showcase their talent and bring a more well-rounded, well-rounded wrestling uh, prowess to pro wrestling, mm-hmm. it's awesome. I think then WWE at some point, I mean not WWE, AEW at some point does need to consider separating their roster from Dynamite oh yeah and uh, Rampage so that way because we're still talking there's still a lot of people who haven't really wrestled on TV in a while yeah sitting in the background so it'd be nice to kind of separate your roster out between the two shows you know kind of I know that it's going to be like well you're just making it WWE but yeah but you still have a lot of wrestlers who who aren't getting the because right, you're not getting the wrestlers you're getting like, enough their time. Because if you really want to tell, talk about it, let's talk about it. You go back to, to territory days. Yeah. What happened? Vince McMahon went to every territory, took every big superstar, mm-hmm. and brought them to the WWF. Yeah. Which is now WWE. Right. So, I mean... And then he realized eventually his roster was too big for one show, and he had a lot of talent who wasn't getting airtime. Therefore, the introduction of SmackDown, the first not SmackDown that, draft. Not only that, but it's like I don't get why people would bitch about it because it gives you it gives them more revenue, mm-hmm. more of a power to actually push to you know maybe take out WWE. I don't know. Right. So, so anyway, so I next mean, it's in the works. I'm pretty sure it's in the it, works. Yeah, it would be smart for them to do it. Uh, especially as they're continuing to try to grow that roster, too. Oh, yeah. So, Black Friday deal match. AEW Women's World Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Rebel and Jamie Hayter, taking on Rio. If Rio wins, she earns a future title match. So, Rio wrenched at Baker's wrist, and Baker grabbed Rio's hair and slammed her to the mat. Britt then attempted a lockjaw, but Rio grabbed the ropes before it was locked in. Jamie Hayter and Rebel choked Rio as the ref was being distracted by Britt Baker. Rio then rallied back with drop kicks to, Br- to Britt Baker. Uh, Rio then connected with a diving crossbody off the top turnbuckle onto Rebel and Baker onto the outside. Then Rio followed that up with a running elbow strike. She tried it for a second elbow, but paid for it as uh, Baker countered and slammed Rio's head into the turnbuckles. Britt caught a, a near fall on Rio after dropping her with a sling blade clothesline. Uh, let's see here. Baker then stomped a mud hole into Rio in the corner. Rio got to her feet and used head scissors on Baker. Then looked for the Northern Light suplex, but Baker would counter that with a suplex of her own. Baker suplexed Rio uh, directly into the turnbuckles. Let's see here. Then Brett, uh, or sorry, Brett, not Brett, sorry, lifted Rio with, for an air raid crash, but Rio then reversed positions and nailed Baker with a Snapdragon suplex. Uh, Baker then uh, showed her tenacity by firing back with an air raid crash for a near fall on Rio. Baker then tried for a curb stomp, but Rio avoided it with a high bridge suplex 
on Baker for another near fall. Rio then connected with a diving foot, uh, foot stomps for a two count. Britt tried to finish off Rio with a fisherman's neck breaker, but Rio would counter and cradle Britt for the pin. So we have a new number one contender for the AEW women's title. This is awesome, dude. These, these two talents are very, very... I mean, you can see right here, they're, mm-hmm. they're both very technical. Oh, yeah. And they both kick ass. Yes. The, the only thing about Rio that I don't I don't get, I mean, I understand she's she's a New Japan wrestling women women's wrestler. She's she's badass. She has she has prestige, mm-hmm. but she's very small. I yeah, mean, she's really small, and she was she was the very first ever AEW women's champion. So yeah, I mean, to, to see her get this shot again is is really cool. Right, it's been a uh, entertaining to see her. Um, sorry. Oh, excuse me. Um, her mediocre, uh, not mediocre, meteoric rise. Meteoric. Meteoric. Something like that. Yeah. Her rise. Good rise. Uprise. Yeah, wow, well, it why. wasn't meteoric, but, you know. Somewhat, because she, she kind of jumped on the scene for AEW and took off pretty quickly. Especially with they allowing her to beat the native, the native beast. Yeah. So that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Pretty that. tall task for her, especially because she does look small. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's pretty badass, and uh, she kind of reminds me of Bosca. So yeah, I, I like it. I dig it. Set more anime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very anime, dude. <laughs> I don't know what it is about uh, about you know, yeah that, but yeah, All right. All right, so for tonight's main event, Matt King, Eddie Kingston took on Red Death, Daniel Garcia. He also had 2.0, Jeff Parker, and Matt Lee with him. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Garcia shot for a single leg takedown, and Eddie uh, and Eddie sprawled. Uh, Garcia shot back in, and Eddie defended, punching down on Garcia. Garcia rolled out of the ring to break up momentum and give some, get some advice from 2.0. He re-entered the ring, and Eddie started blasting Garcia once again. And Eddie took out uh, 2.0 on the outside. Red Death then hit Eddie from behind and stomped him in the corner. Excuse me. Eddie then headbutted Garcia, but Garcia fired back with a pump kick. Eddie then came back with a machine gun chop, uh, with machine gun chop, sorry, then poked Garcia right in the eyes. Garcia took a shortcut and chopped Kingston across the windpipe. Uh, let's see here. Eddie then bit on Garcia's ears and slammed him down with a uh, forward suplex. Garcia chopped Eddie in the front of the knee. Then Garcia kept working over Eddie's injured knee. Garcia would stomp on Eddie's head repeatedly, too. The ref went to check on Kingston, but Kingston waved him off and hurled Garcia with another exploder suplex. Or with an exploder suplex. I don't know where I saw other from, and that was weird. Garcia then grabbed Kingston in a knee, uh, in a knee bar, but Kingston maneuvered his way to, over to the ropes. Uh, Garcia torqued on Eddie's ankle. Eddie would get back up on one leg to powerbomb Daniel Garcia. Eddie attempted a German suplex, uh, but Garcia would counter him with a heel hook. Garcia then hammered down on Kingston with right hand, with rich hands and palm strikes. Uh, let's see here. Eddie nailed Garcia with a half and half suplex. Garcia then, and Kingston had to firefight exchange of exchanging palms. Garcia then charged in with a desperation clothesline. Kingston connected though with a spinning back fist and pinned Garcia. 2.0 jumped in after the bell and double team Kingston and Jericho left the broadcast table and sprinted in to the ring with a champion cleaned house on 2.0. Yeah. Oh, that's oh good. man, everybody's getting involved, all right? Yeah, it's crazy how yeah. 
That's, that's the only thing I really don't like is all the interference. I know we say this every time, but there's always seems like someone gets involved that shouldn't be getting involved in this. Yeah. And it gets, gets kind of repetitive and redundant and just like, eh. Crazy. Yeah, that's one thing I didn't miss about WCW after they were gone is all the, uh, the ring interference they always do. It's like... Right. NWO was the worst for it, dude. Oh, my God. I know. It's so irritating. Dude, I can't believe when I was a kid I went to WCW. And Diamond Dallas Page was the champion at the time. Mm-hmm. And Hulk Hogan comes out. And he's Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And I'm, I'm screaming and I'm yelling and I'm cussing at Hogan. And I, you know, I'm <laughs> like, dude, what was wrong with me? Like... Now I look back and I'm like, you know, NWO and Hulk Hogan and all that was was amazing. Kind of like the way people look at, you know, the Shield or the Bullet Club or something like that. And but yeah, man, yeah, the freaking interference crap is just it's it's got to slow down. I think a lot of people had a hard time comprehending Hogan as the bad guy since he was such the oh, major it, baby it face. It means you hate him even more, dude. Yeah. So, and, you know, you're, and you're a kid, Hogan's kind of like a superhero that just turned bad, so you're yeah. just like, you don't know how to kind of take it, so this venomous anger that you had for it just came right. pouring out at the time, because... Oh, you mother... <laughs> so... Saying uh, things you shouldn't be saying at 11 years old. Right? But it was WCW, so it was loud. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Dynamite from this past Wednesday. Let's do it. Well, basically last night. So we had the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, taking on Dark Order's Allen Five Angels. Angels would turn things around on uh, Danielson and throw a southpaw fired with some heavy hands in the corner. Danielson fired back with an uppercut. Angels was kicking at Brian's legs from the down from down on the mat. Danielson charged at Angels in the turnbuckles, um, and there was a chorus of boos directed at him from the hot Atlanta crowd. Angels grabbed Brian with a backslide for a near fall. Danielson got up with a butterfly suplex and an arm bar on Angels, but Angels would uh, get to the rope for a rope break. Angels wasted no time to take down Danielson with a to- uh, Toba Suicida. Or Suicida. I don't know how you pronounce that. And then, suicida. Uh, okay, Suicida. Uh, and then a moonsault off the turnbuckles for, uh, to the outside. He caught Danielson with a uh, Spanish fly for a near fall. Angels attempted a moonsault press, but uh, Danielson moved out of the way. He grabbed Angel's arm and then uh, looked over at Adam Page and then began stomping on the head of Alan Angels. Danielson looked uh, locked on. That's supposed to be locked on, not looked on. Locked on the knee bar and Angels tapped out. Yeah, man. Danielson ain't nothing to play with. Yeah. And he, before, he can make you tap out from any angle of that match. Yes, sir. So it. Sound like a good match, man. Right. And, and Tony Khan, right before the match, had announced that on December 15th, which is an episode of Wednesday Night Dynamite, Winter is Coming, we will have the World Championship match of Adam Hangman Page defending his title against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. This is going to be awesome, dude. And I think we're going to we're gonna take the time to actually watch this one. This is yes. great. Right. All right, sir. Next up, we had CM Punk taking on Lee Moriarty. 
Oh, I wish it was actually the real Moriarty, because that'd be fun. <laughs> Anyways, as CM Punk was entering the ring, MJF's music played, and MJF would go sit at the broadcast booth next to Giovanni uh, and uh, Excalibur. As uh, Jim Ross, if you haven't heard, has actually been taking some time off because he's dealing with some medical issues, so he's going to be out for the rest of the year. I'm hoping he comes back ready to go sometime next year. Anyways, <clears throat> Lee and Punk would shake hands before the ma uh, match began. As a sign of mutual respect, Moriarty rolled up Punk with a crucifix, but Punk would escape. Moriarty took down Punk with a uh, deep arm drag. Punk got up on his feet and ran his shoulder into Lee's midsection. Then Punk delivered a diving lariat on Lee. Uh, Moriarty clotheslined Punk and smashed him with a European uppercut in the corner. He followed that up with a flurry of offense on Punk. Punk would connect, though, with a crossbody press from the top rope. But Lee would roll through, though, transitioning into a crossface submission. Punk escaped out uh, and took Lee off the top rope with a hurricanrana. Lee managed to roll Punk up, but Punk would kick out. Punk rocked Moriarty with a roundhouse kick, and Moriarty rallied back, though, with a running boot and then a DDT to Punk. CM Punk nearly escaped the pin. Punk would then hoist up Moriarty and nail him with a wicked GTS for the victory. Yeah, man. It's a good match, dude. Mm -hmm. CM Punk, he's, on, he's been on a roll since he got to AEW. The real question is, Who's going to stop the best in the world? I don't know, because he's undefeated since coming over to AEW. And it's been entertaining, to, to say the least. I love, though, how he's having a war of words with MJF recently. Especially last week when he called him the less famous Miz. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> We've only been saying that for how long? Well, we weren't calling him the less famous well, not Miz. Not the less famous, but we're saying he's, he's a Miz. He's a better version of the Miz. I we guess, think he's a better version. I guess of Miz. I think he's a better version of the Miz. Yeah. I, I think so too, because he's got the talent as well. Where Miz, I don't know, he just doesn't have that kind of talent. Uh, he, MJF is pretty talented. I'll give him that. I don't really care for his character. I don't care for Miz's character either. But at least when I'll, I see the talent, he's got yeah. talent. Yeah. So, Miz is just... The Miz is just the Miz. You know, and I would really hate for them to ever treat MJF like they've done to the Miz as kind of comic relief now. I'd hate that for him, because he's definitely more talented than to be doing that. Alright, the Pinnacles, Mr. Mayhem, Wardlow, with Sean Spears, took on A.C. Adams. Excuse me. Wardlow would blast Adams with a massive clothesline. Wardlow powerbomb Adams, and then he delivered a second powerbomb. Wardlow dropped Adams with two more power bombs and then pinned him. After Wardlow did all that damage, Sean Spears drilled Adams with his steel chair. Did you really need to add the insult to that's, the injury? That's what I'm saying. Is there was there a real point to this, or is it just to be a dick? You um, had it's already a squash match. Did we have to have the freaking steel chair whacking? Now I can... as, as other people would say, yes, yes, we had to. No, we didn't. just like, no, no. Now really I can see you did it because, you know, he turned the tide on the beatdown that he got by attacking Wardlow afterwards. Yeah. So you're taking, you're sticking up for Wardlow after, you know, Adams takes a cheap shot. So then you smack him with his chair. Okay, I can, do, I can see that. But because he got his ass handed to him in a squash match, and then you're like, oh, for fun, here. Bop, here's a steel chair for your troubles. Come on now. Yeah. Give me a break. Anyways, moving on. Because we could get really into that. <laughs> we have next up the Gun Club. Billy and Colton with Austin taking on Sting. 
and Darby Allen. I'm waiting for Sting and Darby Allen to actually come up with a team name. Damn it. Tired of just saying Sting and Darby Allen. I want a cl- I want a name. Give me a name. Yeah, we want a name. We should just see if we can. Let's come up with a name. You and I will just come up with a name. We'll keep sending it to them on repeat until they yeah, freaking yeah, on either or it, until they either acknowledge it or block us. One of the two. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so this was Sting's first match in Atlanta in 14 years, and it began to snow in Atlanta when Sting made his way out. Darby and Colton though would lock up to begin the match, and Colton got a side headlock on Darby. He followed that up with a shoulder tackle onto Darby. Uh, he blocked an arm drag attack uh, from Darby. But Darby, though, followed that up with a shotgun drop kick. Billy and Sting both tagged in from their uh, for their prote- uh, respective teams. There we go. Uh, Sting took the fight right to Billy Gunn with back fists and then a Manhattan drop. Sting was going for a big stinger splash, but Billy rolled out of uh, the ring to avoid the Sting. Or to avoid Sting, sorry. Not the Sting. <laughs> Just to avoid Sting. Billy then pushed Colton into the ring and right into the hands of Sting. That's messed up, Billy. Oh, my goodness. Darby tagged in and went for the coffin splash. Billy, though, grabbed a blind tag and caught Darby and pancaked him. Darby then uh, suffered a laceration on the top of his head. Uh, Darby then tagged to, made a tag to Sting. Sting would clean house on Bobby and Colton with stinger splashes. Sting smashed Colton with a spine buster. Sting then put the Scorpion Deathlock onto Colton, but Austin made the save. Darby rocketed out of the ring like a human cannibal onto Austin. And then nailed Billy with one as well. It was a spectacular sight to behold as Darby was fearless. And Sting planted Colton with a Scorpio death or Scorpion Death Drop and pinged him. And that is your first official loss for the gun club. Nice. Yes, man. And what a way to lose, right? The franchise. All right. I got to give credit to Billy. He's still wrestling at a high rate for a guy his age. And I know he's had some injuries, too. He's had to deal with some major injuries. And so has Sting. So that must have been a great throwback to see that. It's like, whoa. Right. We haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, get to see two, two veterans duking it out. Right. And I think it's so awesome, the gun club, dude, mm-hmm. um, to be able to get in there with with your your boys, your sons, and be able to go out there and do what you do. That's that's just got to be like the highlight of his career, dude. Right, absolutely. All right, so next up we have the TBS Women's Title uh, Tournament quarterfinal match. The Galaxy's Greatest Alien, Chris Statlander, taking on Ruby Soho. The winner faces the native beast, Nyla Rose, in the semifinals. Why would you want to face her? Oh. <sighs> because you're being forced to. <laughs> Chris tried to tilt a whirl on Ruby, but countered that with about she managed to counter that with a backside attempt. Then Ruby thought about a close fist, but pulled back at the last moment, showing her respect for her opponent. Ruby rolled up Statlander, and Statlander wanted to escape. Statlander then tried, was about to kick Ruby, but also pulled back, showing the same respect for her opponent. Ruby brought down Statlander with a deep dra- arm drag and then followed that up with a flatliner for a near fall. Ruby splashed Statlander with a, uh, with a senton with a senton off the top rope. There we go. Say it right. Ruby tried for a bulldog, but Statlander would counter that with Blue Thunderbomb. Uh, Statlander applied the spider crab and then buckle bombed Ruby. Statlander then connected with a running elbow strike. Ruby would fire back and, and do a thrust kick. Uh, Ruby then impaled. Uh, impaled, sorry, Chris with a poison rana for a near fall. Then Statlander would block a fu- no future kick from Ruby. 
Ruby though, uh, Ruby though advanced after rolling up Stantlander out of nowhere for the pin, and then they would hug one one another after the match. I love the sign of respect. <laughs> yes, that means you know it was a well fought match and you had some good competition. And you know sometimes that's how it goes. Is just that one little roll up and you get the win. Like I, I love the way they're doing. It. They're bringing back wrestling. Yeah. It's not always about the big move, the big finish. Sometimes out of nowhere you get a roll up, get a win. Yeah. I, on the other hand, would rather show my respects to my opponent before the match because during the match I'm not going to show you respect because I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. And if it include includes kicking you in a certain way or hitting you in a certain way or taking advantage of the ref not noticing something. Yeah. So I'd rather show you my respect before the match and then after the match if you're still willing. Probably won't be <laughs> if I end up winning, but with whatever I do. But still, I'm just saying. So you're gonna. So you're saying you'd be a heel. I, I would kind of want to be. Big, the, would big man be a heel? I would be an an anti baby face. An anti-baby face. Annie? Annie-baby face? Annie-baby face. Where <laughs> I, I kind of toe the line a little bit. I'm kind of like, yeah, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to sit there and full on just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shake your hand. Oh, by the way, boom, here's a low blow for you for your troubles. That's yeah. not what I'm doing. Yeah. But, you know, if I have to cross the line a little bit to make sure I get a victory, I, I can get away with it, I'm going to take that opportunity. I lie, I cheat, I steal. Maybe. Anyways, now it is time for your main event. The Atlanta Street Fight, baby. The American Nightmare Cody Rhodes with the enforcer Arn Anderson taking on Andrade with Jose, the assistant. Jose. Jose. The assistant. All right, are you ready? Let's go. All right, Andrade would attack Cody as Cody was making his entrance. Jose hit Arn with a cheap shot, too. Cody and Andrade would brawl throughout the arena. Cody took out uh, Andrade with a dive, uh, doing a dive off the barricade. Andrade turned the middle ring steps over and then cho- uh, dropped Cody on the corner of them. Ouch. Uh, Cody walked Andrade with the steel chair. Cody then power slammed Andrade. Cody then removed his weight belt and, and looked at the fans trying to draw from their energy. As Cody had his back turned, Andrade, though, used a low blow onto Cody. Uh, Andrade smacked Cody with his weight belt and then threw it into the crowd. Andrade pulled out a laptop out of Jose's leather briefcase and clocked Cody with it. Andrade then pulled a chain out of from a chain out from under the ring and tossed it into the ring. And he swung the chain at Cody, but Cody would manage to duck it. Andrade dumped Cody with a fireman's takeover. Then Andrade crushed uh, Cody's chest with a split leg moonsault onto a steel chair. Cody would kick Andrade between the legs. I'm sure he would did. <laughs> Cody was about to spring off the ropes for a Cody cutter when Andrade would Andrade would kick him. Andrade, I'm going way into a different sport. <laughs> Sending Cody spilling outside the ring. Arn Anderson uh, connected stiff shots onto Jose up onto the ramp. Uh, Cody Rhodes grabbed the steel chain and walloped Andra, Andra, Andrade with it. Uh, Cody then power uh, power slammed Andrade. <sighs> and then he attempted a topa suicida, but Andrade would counter by smacking Cody in the head with the steel chair. Andrade then removed the padding from the ring uh, ringsider area. Uh, Cody back uh, backdropped Andrade onto the exposed concrete. 
and Cody busted was busted open by this point. Uh, he would pull out a golden shovel from under the ring. Jose came charging down to the ring with a taser, but Cody defended him off with a shovel. Andrade placed a steel chair over Cody's face and then charged him with a double knee. Um, now Cody's face was a crimson mask. Andrade pulled out a table from underneath the ring. Andrade then pushed the table into the ring and rested it onto the turnbuckles. Andrade hip-tossed Cody through the table. Uh, Andrade then pulled another table out from under the ring. Andrade placed that, or placed Cody on the table, climbed up to the top turnbuckle. Cody was playing possum and met Andrade on the top turnbuckle. Andrade headbutted Cody off the turnbuckles, but Cody would jump back to the top. In the meantime, someone in an AEW hoodie jumped into the ring, and it was Brandy Rhodes. She pulled her lighter fluid, she put lighter fluid all over the table and then lit it on fire. Cody flipped backwards with a reverse suplex and smashed Andrade through the flaming table and pinned him. Then Cody and Brandy kissed after the match. A-E-W. A-E-W, baby. That's crazy, dude. What a way to end a match, right? That's some... Oh, man. I love it, dude, because they're bringing back wrestling. And not only that, but they're bringing back hardcore wrestling. And you know what? If your kids don't like it, or if you don't like it, don't watch it. Right, you can go back over to PG PG TV over there with WWE. Well, yeah. we watch some men fight like men. Yes, to the death. Okay, not to the death. We're not getting a death match. Huh. I want a death match. Oh my god! Of course you do. I want to see someone die. I want a death match. Bring well, me a lion. But this was cool, dude. I mean. Like like I've said before, you know, uh, these guys are getting to come to AEW and talent, you know, showcase their talent. Mm-hmm. So it's it's way awesome, and yes, sir, uh, I think that Andrade is as much as I don't like him as a character, as a person, he's probably a really nice dude, and uh, he's he's very talented in that ring. So well, you got to be nice enough to be allowed to be dating. <laughs> the queen, Charlotte, or married yeah, to Charlotte. I've heard Sorry. about some of that. They're uh, not real. They're not married. They're engaged, and Andrade has unfollowed Charlotte on Instagram. So I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, who knows? And um, it might it might be a ploy. Yeah, might just be something. To, maybe she asked him to do the it. Fans off. Yeah, maybe she asked him to do it or something to kind of get maybe WWE to get off her back about something. You know, you never know with those things. You never know. Um, But, yeah, it was another great match. Um, It looks like finally they're kind of getting over this weird Cody down-on-his-luck fighting Cody. But he's now at least seems to be in his matches a little bit better. Rather than kind of being a well, that's jobber. What, that's what I love about him is that man, he can cut a promo like no other. Mm-hmm. And now that he's getting to where he's on top of his game, this mm-hmm. changes the whole the whole landscape. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with AEW in the next couple months. It is. It's going to be um, really fun to watch and uh, see what happens. Especially when we know there's some big fish still out there. Yes. In the free agency pond. Oh, yes. And they are starting to get... Yep. Can't wait to watch this. It's going to be fun. All right. So, we'll be back, of course, Saturday with some more WWE talk. we got a lot to talk about from an awesome Monday night. And, of course, 
Hopefully Friday Night Smackdown tomorrow night is also as epic as we can hope for. Oh, yes. But uh, And then, uh, of course, Sunday we'll have some more basketball talk with a little bit of baseball. we got to talk a little bit about the lockout. It's official, so we'll talk about what's going to happen with that and uh, everything that goes on in free agency from here on out with that as well. And then, of course, we'll bring you some more football talk on Tuesday. Oh, yes. That we do. Ha! So good. And, of course, I'm still keeping my eye out just in case NASCAR says something, but NASCAR's been pretty quiet so far in their offseason, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, so that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And, as always, keep Keep on on talking sports. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.